0: Welcome to The Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to The Patricia Raskin Show. And uh, today, we really have a very special guest I'm really excited to have on the program, Darren Kagan. She's been a news anchor for CNN. She's had a front row seat to the world's biggest breaking news stories. She's traveled the world covering everything from war to the Oscars red carpet to traveling Africa for two weeks with U2's Bono. But when the network chose not to renew her contract after 12 years, Darren suddenly found herself without any of the dreams that she carried for years. No job, had never been married, and never had kids. And this, in the book, it's a collection of columns that she wrote for Cox Newspapers, and she shares her journey of picking up her pieces. And you will really be very inspired. I know that I was. Darren Kagan. Hello, Darren. Hello. It's great to be with you. Yeah, it is. You know, you after this happened, you then created your own website called DarrenKagan.com, and you focus on positive news and positive stories. Tell us about your website before we talk about your book.
2: So Darrenkagan.com is the web's one-stop destination for uplifting and positive news. <clears throat> These were the stories, the kinds of stories that I was always drawn to even when I was doing more traditional news. Mm-hmm. And um, you know I think it's really important to be informed and to know both challenging and difficult things going on in the world, but I think it's important to be inspired. And I created darrenkagan.com at a time when I needed to be inspired, mm-hmm. and um, it's started and continued to do it for people around the world. Yeah.
1: yes, it's very similar to what I do, and I think it's just so important. And you said something that really rings true for me. You said I needed to be inspired. That's also mm-hmm. why I do this work because oh, you good. then There's you're not constantly for you around too. it, <laughs> right? You're constantly around it. You know, if you need to pick me up, it's right there.
2: Yeah, it's hard to have a bad day, isn't it? Because if you're surrounding yourself with uplifting people, um, your pity party can't last very long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Talk about a little bit about your career. Now, it was going well at CNN. Talk about Mm -hmm. some of the highlights.
2: So I, um, when I was in high school, I decided I wanted to be a news reporter, and I did it kind of the traditional way. I came up through local news markets. Um, I started in market size 113 in Santa Barbara, California. And Phoenix, and came to CNN in 1994 as a sports anchor, actually, even though my background was in news, and did sports for three years. And then the president of CNN called me in and said, I'd like to make you a news anchor. Do you have any reporting experience? And that's what I had done in. in local news markets, so um, made me a news anchor. My first co-anchor was Bill Hemmer, who a lot of folks might watch on Fox News right now. And, um, you know, if you want to do news, CNN is the place to do it. Um, My Mm. regular shift was the late morning, so like 9 to noon, so breaking news galore every single day. Every day was different. And then for assignments, you um, definitely touched on some of the highlights, um, getting to cover um, the start of the war covering Oscars red carpet, um, presidential elections, 9-11, traveling Africa for Mm. two weeks with Bono and the U.S. Mm. Treasury Secretary. Mm. Um, Really, really spectacular experiences.
1: Hmm. Did you find when it was over that that sort of adrenaline, you know, the adrenaline from doing all those amazing things and meeting such amazing people? Did that change? Was that hard for you?
2: Uh, well, there certainly were challenges and change, as there is for anybody. My, um, as you say, being over was a little different. So with most on-air people at that level, when they tell you, the day they tell you you're done, you are done. <laughs> There's a security guard to escort you out the door. They don't want to put you back on live television because, like, what are you going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, for some reason, it was different. They called me in in January and said, well, your contract's not up to the end of the year. We're giving you a big heads up that we're not going to renew your contract. Um, And then the boss said, "Um, and I have no plans to take you off the air. Well, I don't think I do. I'll let you know. So every day I came to work for the next nine months, I didn't know if that was going to be my last day at the place where I'd worked for the last 12 years, Mm -hmm. which was admittedly stressful, (laughs) But it also was its own gift because I didn't know the next thing I wanted to go do. Um, Traditionally, people would then go knock on the door of MSNBC or Fox or go back into local news. And by having that time over the rest of the year, I really had time to process and come to the shocking decision that I didn't want to keep doing traditional news. Mm, and people kind of thought I was nuts, like, Mm -hmm. you're really good at it, do you see how much money you make, (laughs) like, why wouldn't you do this? Um, Mm. But I had been on my own spiritual journey and, and focusing on positive things in my life, and I realized as much as I had loved my news career, and truly, truly I did, the idea that I had a job where I went and talked about doom and gloom every day really wasn't a match to where I was personally at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. I, and, I have to comment about this mm-hmm. to you because that's really how I got into this. I mm-hmm. I never went the traditional route, and I have an educational background, but I I went into this to share those kinds of messages. That was my intention. So I found outlets that allowed me to do that, and you know I hear exactly what you're saying. You know, um, it's um
2: it's very inspiring. Oh, thank you, and you know. To be clear, you know, people often when they hear my story, they say, oh, you're so brave that, you know, you stepped away and you did this. I am not brave. If they had not kicked me out the door, I would still be sitting there. (laughs) And I have not missed a second since I left. So there are people indeed who are in good jobs who take the time to think about, you know, is this where I belong? Is this where I want to go? I'm going to go take a big risk. I'm more the type who has to get, you know, kicked in the, you know what, <laughs> either, you know, lose the job or have, yeah. get broken up with. I relate with, to and that too, Darren. I
1: relate yeah. to that too. Yeah, well, I think putting the the together. together want to have the
2: security yeah. and the safety. Yeah, really. yeah, yes. and there's some people who really are risk takers and I don't know yeah. that I would call myself that.
1: Yeah, I feel that way too. I call myself the uncomfortable entrepreneur. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, but when you do what you love, you somehow make that happen. So, you know, let's talk about this in terms of helping other people. So if someone's going through a job loss mm. or a change or a loss of a relationship yeah. or a loss of something because because a job is a relationship, particularly what
2: you were doing, what advice would you give them, Darren? So I think the first thing is to grieve, to have your sad. I certainly had a few months of where pretty much all I was able to do was get to work and get home. Mm. Um, And so go crawl under your covers. Definitely go do that. But there will come the day when you need to crawl out. And that's where the power comes in, not in what happened to you, um, but you do get to choose what you're going to do with it. And that's kind of when the magic begins, because you get to start really asking some soul-searching questions. You know, Mm -hmm. what do I want to do if it's a relationship? What kind of person do I want to be in a relationship with? Um, So few of us ever ask for the decks to clear. Um, but when they do, it really is an opportunity to build things back, probably in a very different way than they were.
1: You know, I agree. I do think, though, there's a time when you're building that's scary mm-hmm. because it's not there yet. And you've lost the thing that you knew. And that's so true. there's that time that, well, will it come? Oh, I know it will, but will it? <laughs> you know, those questions.
2: How do you get yeah, through Yeah, oh, I didn't times? say it's not scary. It is. <laughs> it is scary. It can be a lot of things all at once, Um, which is another thing I've learned along the way. I often tell myself it's all true. You don't have to fit everything into a box.
3: Mm -hmm. Something can be
2: really exciting and really scary. And just because it's exciting, you don't have to tell yourself that you're not scared. Or just because you're scared, you don't have to tell yourself it's not exciting. A lot of things can be true all at the same time.
1: Now, one of the things you talk a lot about in the book is your dog. Share some stories about your dog and how your dog really helped you and was really a friend.
2: So I think what year, it was the year 2000, and my house got broken into on a Wednesday. Oh, oh. Two days later, they came back and stole my car off the street. Oh, <laughs> my God! And I was called. Was this before or after you left CNN? Oh, this is long before. This is um, six years before. Mm-hmm. This is how I even got a dog in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I called the police. You know, you call the police so many times. And I live in Atlanta, and the Atlanta police showed up, and they said, Lady, get a gun or get a dog. (laughs) I'm like, well, never really shot a gun, so I guess I'm getting a dog. So I went down to the Humane Society, and I got this little yellow pound of fur. And so that dog today is now, just last week, turned 16. Wow. So um, her name is Darla, and the Humane Society called her Lab Mix, which I think was very generous. She's a little bit more mix than lab. Mm -hmm. Um, but this, you know, she's been my dog through my single years, through getting married, becoming a mom at CNN, at, you know, starting my business. She's been here for the whole ride. And um, I write about about her a lot in my column and my dog columns tend to get a lot of reactions. (laughs)
1: Yeah. How has she helped you?
2: Well, do you have a dog?
1: I don't. That's probably one of the reasons I'm asking. I've always i thought about it, but um, I'm on the move a lot. But okay. um, tell us tell us how the dog has helped you.
2: Well, first of all, with routine, you know, every morning at six o'clock, we're taking that morning walk, um, okay. and what. We'll, and when things are falling apart, it's the little things you can count on, whether it's that you know your dog's going to want to walk at the same time, that mm-hmm. she's a social introduction. You know, if you're walking down the street and you see somebody, they're not just probably going to stop and talk to you. But if you have a dog, then it makes sense <laughs> to stop and uh, talk I've seen about that your dog. so much.
1: Yeah. I've seen that so um, much. It, it just is such a, a, an, open, an openness when people see you with a dog.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like an entry card saying, yeah, we can talk. Let's let's talk about my dog. Um, and then, you know, as any dog lover will tell you, there's a kind of love that you get from a dog that's unlike any other. Yeah, totally um, unconditional. You, you, yeah, unconditional. And you look in those eyes, and she looks in yours. And, um, it, you know, to look at my dog, she's, <clears throat> she doesn't do a tw- 20 tricks. <laughs> she's not the most gorgeous. She's not the ugliest, but she's mine. And, um I treasure. I treasure every day with her.
0: Mm.
1: And she's older now, so she's lived a long, long time for a dog. Dogs' life, correct?
2: Sixteen. So that's like 112 for you and me. Really? We all do as well as she's doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh. She's an old. She's an old lady, but she's not in any pain. Um, I think she's pretty much deaf, but that just means she sleeps better because nothing, <laughs> nothing bothers her. Uh, yeah. And uh, she does great.
1: Well, we're going to take a break in a minute. When we come back, you're on with me for the whole hour today, which is wonderful. So we'll have a lot of time to talk about meeting your husband and being a mom and about your girlfriends and more about the media. So there's a lot to talk about with you, Darren. How can people find your new book, Hope Possible?
2: Really easy. Just on Amazon.com. Just go to Amazon and type in Hope Possible. It's a purple cover and it's there in print and ebook
0: okay
1: and also your website your website has a lot of inspirational stories so Mm -hmm. people can go there
2: yeah that's darrenkagan.com and really if you just google my first name darren d-a-r-y-n that'll be one of the first listings that comes up in your google search and we'll take you right there
1: Okay, terrific. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are talking to Darren Kagan, who is a former CNN news anchor, and she has written this wonderful book called Hope Possible, and you can call us after the break, and we'll be giving you that number. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on Voice America, America's Voice. We'll be right back.
4: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
3: Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune to Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety.
0: Do you love to travel? Now, that's a silly question, isn't it? Who doesn't love to travel? Join Lindsay T. Boyd, a.k.a. the Dreamweaver, for Travel Time. A professional travel agent, Lindsay will spotlight the world of travel from maps and other travel tools to make your trips easier, to your rights as a passenger, to different aspects of travel, such as sports, faith, or experiential vacations. Travel time with Lindsay T. Boyd, Dreamweaver, airs live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Variety.
4: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspiring really fast. All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com
0: You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Well,
1: hello everyone and welcome back. I'm Patricia Raskin and my guest for the whole hour is Darren Kagan. You may remember Darren for more than 12 years as an anchor on CNN when a team of professional makeup artists cleaned her up on a regular basis. Today, her hair isn't a scrunchie. She also reported live from several major events around the world, including the war in Iraq, the, C- the September 11th terrorist attacks, and numerous presidential elections, giving her parents plenty of things to worry about. Today, she continues her television career as the host of RLTV's Bookmark, a weekly talk show featuring top authors of today. She's also a syndicated newspaper columnist for Cox Newspapers and creator and host of DarrenKagan.com, an inspirational online website which features stories fitting the theme, show the world what is possible. And I really applaud that because it's something that I really believe in and I'm doing. And her first book was What's Possible? Fifty Two Stories of People Who Dared to Dream They Could Make a Difference. And her second book, which is out right now, and her new book is Hope Possible, a network news anchor's thoughts on losing her job, finding love, a new career, her dog, and always her dog.
2: Welcome back, Darren. Thank you. And um, true confession, my hair right now really is up in a scrunchie, Patricia. Okay. <laughs> all right. Keeping it real.
1: Yeah. Well, that's so great. It's so great that you're doing the work you're doing. Now, tell us, I know that, you know, when all of this happened and you left CNN or you were let go, you, as you said, you had lost your job. You were mm-hmm. single. You didn't have children. Mm-hmm. You did have a dog. <laughs> And you did want to meet someone. How did that all happen? Give inspiration for single women out there that may be, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, even older. People are getting married older today.
2: I can say if I can find somebody, anybody can find somebody. <laughs> um, I had never been married. I was well into my 40s, had never been married, had never had kids. Those were two very big dreams of mine. Um Yeah, so when I lost my job at CNN, then, okay, so no career, no guy, no kids. It really was not what I had planned and worked on all those years. Um, The first thing when I left CNN, I did what I knew how to do, and that was rebuild my career. We talked about my website and the books, and I got that going. But a few years into that, I still, I really wasn't even dating. I mean, that's kind of how bad it was. Um, And I was with some friends at a, a summer festival, early summer festival, and we ran into a fellow dad. He was there with his young daughter, and um, they introduced us. And turns out that is my now husband. Um, His story a little bit, he had been um, married and divorced, um, and he had a daughter with his first wife, um, but his first wife had passed away. So he was raising his daughter by himself. Um, So I I like to call it kind of a a rooms-to-go family because I got it all at once. So uh, we dated for a couple of years and got married, and then I adopted his daughter, so became a mom. And then just to complete the whole kind of modern family picture, the year before I met them, I had signed up to be a big sister in the Big Brother, Big Sister program. And she actually, that daughter, now lives with us full time. Um, so I went from single, never being married, and now I'm raising two teenage girls. <laughs> it's a very different life. Wow! Oh, yeah. And
1: you were in your forties when you when you married.
2: Yeah, I um, met my now husband when I was forty seven, and we married when I was forty nine. So I got married for the first time,
3: mm. not, you
2: know, not remarried the first time when I was forty nine. Um, and to you know, I, I look now, and I I wish I had a picture or a video or something. Like if somebody had played this for me, all those years and times of crying and it's never going to happen. Um, It happened so much bigger and better than I was even imagining Mm -hmm. for myself. But if, you know, if I could have just known (laughs) that it was, this is what was coming. Yeah. um, This is, yeah, these are exactly. I have a
1: question around this, Darren, Mm -hmm. for women who are career women. Mm -hmm. Do you think this you married later because you were in such a big career, or do you think that has nothing to do with it, or what's your feeling about that, and what is your comment for women in their 40s who, you know, they might want to have children, they'd really love to meet
2: someone, and they haven't yet, so kind of fill that out for us. So I'll I'll go with the last question first, and I would say um, the biggest thing that helped me was letting go the package. So, you know, we grow up and we think we're going to marry the guy and have the biological baby, and that's what the family looks like. And that's awesome for who that works for, but families can be in all sorts of different packages. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you let go of the exact package of what it means, what it is, it can, can, some very magnificent things can happen. So here's a great example. Um, Before I came on with you, I was putting dinner together because when we're done, I'm running to my daughter's ultimate Frisbee game and I'm meeting the couple who I call my in-laws and then they're coming in for dinner. Well, those are the parents of my husband's first wife um, who turned out to be his ex-wife. But I came in the picture later and these are my daughter's grandparents and we have established our own relationship and we got married. I said to them, you know, will you be my in-laws because we're family. So who's coming over tonight for dinner? My my husband, um, I guess you'd call them former in-laws, but we're family, right? And it's a pretty magnificent thing. Um, And there's been all these kind of interesting connections, like their daughter died the same year my father passed away. Um, Now, I don't replace their daughter, and they don't, and, you know, my father-in-law doesn't replace my father, but family can recreate in a lot of and a i lot think of we're seeing ways.
1: that more today don't you Darren you're seeing more I do, blended I do. you're seeing people who get divorced and they stay friends i mean there's all kinds of different it, it, love doesn't sometimes love will
2: just take a different form it doesn't mean they does. have and to hate each other with kids like i look at the two girls i'm raising i have no desire these are exactly the kids i was meant to raise I, I don't need a biological baby. I don't need to, you know, <laughs> get my genes to pull, you know. Um, with my older daughter, the, you know, she has her first mother, and she started the job, and I'm not here to replace her. I'm here to finish the job. And, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like this woman who I know, and I write about this in Hope Possible. This, You know, we're about to have Mother's Day, and she's the one I think about every day. She gave me one of my greatest gifts of my life, in creating my daughter, and I'll never be able to say thank you. Um, she's one of the most significant relationships of my life, and it's a woman I never met, but it's somebody I'm co-mothering with. She started, and I got the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so the mm-hmm. different forms family can take on many different forms, and in terms of career,
1: yeah, I was going to. That, that was my next question: was yeah. do you think do you think it took you longer because you were in such a powerful career? Or not necessarily?
2: You know, or was I in a powerful career because I didn't have the other thing going on? You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I understand that that one too. I I do know, um, you know, my career now I call a salad bowl. You know, so I have the website, I have the books, I speak, um, I do TV. But the first thing right now is definitely the family. And when I was a CNN anchor, the first thing was definitely being a CNN anchor. That takes priority over everything. You drop everything, you know, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. It's all about, like, staying ahead of the news and being there and being on call. Um, And that was awesome. But I know that I couldn't be the wife and mother that I'm being right now if I was doing that job. Somebody else might be able to. Let me ask
1: you this. Mm -hmm. For those people that are in it now and are married, how do they make it happen? How do, they, you I, know, I, how do they combine I,
2: the career with the marriage? The uh, maybe like you can that? do, I don't know how you do career, marriage, and motherhood all at the same time. Mm. Um, and I think we've been, I don't want to say, and, it might, and so I'm not judging people who do it. It might work for them. Um, I don't think I could do it. And I think maybe you can have it all, but not all at the same time. Mm. And I don't know that that's a bad thing. I mean, a lot of people talk about how women are slighted. But, you know, if I look at life as a giant buffet, I wouldn't want to shove everything in my mouth at <laughs> one time. Yeah. I love that my CNN and TV career had my full attention. And I love that this has my fuller attention right now. Um mm. And, you know, it, like they said, it goes really, really fast. Um, the oldest is going to be a senior in high school next year. We were out looking at colleges on Saturday. Um, so if I want to go full bore on the career, that little chapter is coming around the corner again any minute.
1: <laughs> mm. All right. Let's go back to how you met okay. your husband. And, yeah. and um, we got about four minutes to break. And a little bit about how the relationship works so well, which it does.
2: So you know, I was just having this um, talk with my daughter the other day about um, that phrase. Oh, I just knew, and um, I was trying to discourage that. She used it like when we were at this college campus. She's like, everyone says you just know. I'm like, you know what? You don't always just know. Um, when the first day I met my husband and the friends I was with, after we parted, one friend turned to me and said, "So what'd you think?" And I went, "Huh." And he said, huh, that's more than I've heard out of you in four years. So he took the initiative (laughs) to go on the parent contact list and reach out to my now husband and kind of push us together. Um, If I was left to my own devices, I probably would still be single. Um, Mm -hmm. But what I got in this man, um, like I said, kind of the rooms to go, by getting to see this man who was raising his daughter by himself, it was like... You could, it was like fast forwarding into the future instead of just like picking somebody and saying, oh, I hope they'd be a good husband. I hope they would be a good father. I hope they would be those things. I could see every day how dedicated he was to family. And that really kind of helped hit me over the head of, hello, (laughs) this is the kind of guy (laughs) that you're supposed to partner with. And um, truly, he was put on this earth to be a husband and a father and, um, that's his focus, and um, he's a really, really good guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really wonderful. Thank you. And what's the key to the success in the relationship? You know, when I interview so many people, I often hear values and communication and just really being present and, and you know, being able to really be my authentic self with the person. What would
2: you say about that? Um, for one, I would quote my friend Lisa who said, "Who says, if two people want to be together, that's really what matters. <laughs> you need two people who want to be in and all the other stuff, like whether they match up mm. from the outside. Um, if two people want it, they want it, and if they don't, they don't. Um, the other thing that I learned in doing a lot of work before I met my husband is I focused on making a list not just of like the guy I thought I wanted to meet, but the woman I would be if I was in a healthy, mm-hmm. supportive relationship, mm-hmm. Who is that going to be? Yes. And the neat thing about that exercise yeah. was I got to I've get I've done that. Being in fact, mm-hmm. I'm
1: working on that exercise right now. And I created a, an audio around that with what is it that I'm looking for and how am I going to be that person? And it's very powerful. It really is there. And I bet you went back and looked at that and you saw that he matched. Did you do
2: that? <laughs> Yeah, well, so um, actually, I made three lists. And if we run out of time in this segment, I can yeah, tell you just more about it. Yeah, we will just about out, so. Okay, well, we can talk about that on the next side because I think that um, making okay. these three lists really, really helped me find the great guy, or the great guy oh, find me, absolutely. let's just say.
1: All right, my guest for the whole hour is Darren Kagan, and she is a former CNN news anchor. Her new book is Hope Possible. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Joe, Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
4: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors, but we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back. My guest for the whole hour is Darren Kagan. She is She is a former CNN news anchor and had a front row seat to the world's biggest breaking news stories. Darren traveled the world covering everything from war to Oscar's red carpet to traveling Africa for two weeks with U2's Bono. And then when the network chose not to renew her contract after 12 years, Darren found herself suddenly without any of the dreams that she cared for. No job, never been married, never had kids. And she has turned all of that around. And she has a wonderful website called darrenkagan.com. Her new book is Hope Possible. And she's also uh, doing a television program. And welcome
2: back, Darren. Thank you, Patricia. It's great to be with you. Yeah. How can people see your program? Um, It's on a cable channel called RLTV. And it's called Bookmark. And we interview some of the top authors of the day, both fiction and nonfiction. So, really, it depends if you have RLTV on your cable system, is how I would say. If not, can you uh, get that online? I don't think they stream it online. Um, okay. Let's see I can check the RLTV website. Um, I don't think they're doing that. Okay. It's
1: RLTV. People can find everything on your website, yes, darrenkagan.com. Exactly. All right. Yeah. We were talking before the break about this process this written process of kind of calling in your beloved, your soulmate, your man, or if you're a man, your woman, or, or whatever gender you are, the other yeah, uh, whatever, right?
2: whatever does it for you.
1: Right. Yeah. And you talked about and I'm go I'm actually doing this process where you state what you're looking for and then the next part is you state where you are in that. So for example, I want a man who's available and really wants to be in a relationship. And the next part is, I'm available and want to be in a relationship. And then the third part is, how am I going to do that? How am I showing that? And how am I showing up in the world? So explain it from your
2: point of view. So that's, I'd love hearing about your three lists. Uh, Mine were a little different. It sounds like my first one was similar. So the first list is the guy or whatever, Mm -hmm. the be intended and be as specific as you want to be. Like he should be 6'4 and have one blue eye and one green eye or, um, you know, he should be a dancer from Guatemala or, you know, he should know how to cook chili. I mean, you can really, really be specific. And the second list for me was what does our relationship look like? Um, And I think why that's important is, you know, one person might want a partner that they spend 24 hours a day with, and one person, another person might want a partner that they see on weekends. Right. <laughs> um, so um, really specific about how much, you know, what do you do together? How much time do you spend together? What are you together? How are you for each other? What do you do for fun? Where did you travel? What do you, what do you eat? Where, what movies do you see? I and have a question, though, really, no, Darren. I have a question. Yes? Yeah? When you said in the
1: beginning... You know, it has to be from, for example, One Green Eye from Guatemala. Uh-huh. Do you think that's too specific? Because what if you meet the guy and he doesn't have that exact quality?
2: So stay with me. Okay. I think the reason right. the first list is important is because I think that's what most people do. And most people think it's about looking for that one person. Um, so that really, and, and then people hear, oh, you're too picky, you're too this. I would say be picky, you know, make that list, go to town. Don't, don't restrict yourself on that. It's, I think, in the other two lists where the magic really happens, when you're really envisioning what you're like with this person. And then the third list, I think, is really the most important, and that is, when I am in a healthy, loving, and stable relationship, what does my highest self look like? Ooh. And that's really where the challenge is, you know, are who, who, is, who are you going to be when you're that person? And what's neat about that third list is you don't have to wait for the guy to show up to start being her. Mm -hmm. You can start working towards being her today,
1: which is what I think
2: I was doing. And then when I was not dating, not looking, the man who's my husband showed up. And what's interesting about him versus any other guy I ever dated was he sees that person, he sees that woman on that third list. And he Mm -hmm. is, That's who he supports, and that's who he's excited by. He's not intimidated. Um, He sees her even more than I see her. (laughs) So he sees the inner, the inner part of you. He sees the inner, and he sees my highest self. So if I'm, like, slacking or, you know, maybe not reaching for my goals or, um, you know, he holds me accountable on that. But he also, you know really cherishes and appreciates my loving and caring side and knows um, what it takes to make that happen. Um, Mm. Here's a good example. One of my um, good girlfriends who's going through a divorce right now, um, her time spent with her girlfriends, her soon-to-be ex-husband, was kind of always threatened by that. Like, well, why aren't we doing this and that's taking away from us? When I go spend time with my girlfriends, my husband says, I am so glad you have that. You, de- you deserve that. You need more of that. That's, I love that you have that because that helps make you more the person who's here for mm. me and the kids. Yes. Um, and then, so my point is, when you're focusing on being that higher self person, a different type of man or partner shows up. And then it kind of, you almost kind of laugh at the first list because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if he has one blue eye and one green eye. Mm-hmm. You needed to do that because you thought that's what it was about. But in the end, when you find that person who supports your highest self, then, you know, he could, mm. he could look so, like a lot of different things and do a so, lot of different things.
1: So talk about that again. So do the first, two, three lists again for our listeners. Okay.
2: So the first list is, the, and we'll just call it the guy, um, and you can fill in, what, you know, if it's a woman or however, you know, fill it out. What, what does the guy look like, you know, in terms of physical and um, what he's like and what he does? Um, what, this guy that you think you would just be so attracted to and would be so wonderful, what does that look like, just about him? The second list is, what do the two of you look like together? You know, what do you do? What do you enjoy? How do you support each other? How much time do you spend together? Where do you live? Um, what do you do for fun? What do you do for travel? What do you do with your family? The, the life together. And then the third is, when I am in my most positive, Well, when I'm in my a healthy, supportive, loving relationship, what does my highest self look like? And then it's all about you and what your best self looks like. Mm-hmm. Those are the three lives. Mm.
1: Mm. Powerful. Thank you. All right. We have a couple minutes left, so... Mm -hmm. pick out a short story that really has resonated with audiences. I know they all have, but one of your favorites and one of their favorites from your book, Hope Possible.
2: So the book, as you mentioned, Hope Possible is a collection of 80 of my most popular newspaper columns. That's one of the ways my career reinvented was a syndicated newspaper column. Mm. And the, um, Column is generally about overcoming obstacles and facing challenges, and it has evolved over the last few years. They really like it when I write about the challenges that I've faced. And it's not really a me, me, me column. I try to pick things, I tend to pick things that might have been a challenge for me, but resonate somehow with other people. Um, So this one is called The Spoon That Held Hope I'd One Day Find Love. And the general theme is wanting and longing something for something that seems so easy for other people. Mm. Um, mm. So, this, um, so this is the spoon that held hope I'd one day find love. It must have been about four years ago when I first heard about the spoon. Some of my best lady friends and I were on a girl's trip to Charleston, South Carolina. You know, the kind where you leave behind the stresses of everyday life. You head off to relax, to eat too much, to laugh and explore. We ladies were taking a historic tour of downtown Charleston, where the guide did an awesome job describing not only the architecture and history, but also the longtime local customs of the area that was once dominated by rice plantations. A lady was not considered a proper southern bride, this wonderful guide lady explained, until she'd been gifted with a Charleston rice spoon. She happened to have one handy. And she explained by looking at the other end of the spoon, the bowl is bigger. It's the size of a human hand, and it always dishes up a perfect serving of rice. I was fascinated with the idea of this spoon, as I have been most things connected with marriage and weddings. You see, I've done some really big things in my life. Been a network news anchor, traveled the world, loved and been loved. But the idea that a man that I loved would want to marry me and make a life together... Well, that seemed as far away and out of reach as some of my adventures might seem to you. And just as I'd pretty much given up on that dream about two years ago, along comes a man I like to refer to in this column as my Mr. Summerfest. We were introduced by mutual friends at a summer festival weeks before he happened to be moving a couple blocks from me in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Not quite the boy next door, but boy next block sure was nice after too many long-distance relationships. Mm. We've had two wonderful years of love, friendship, and a lot of fun. And two weeks ago, Mr. Summerfest lured my dog, my three-legged cat, and then me into the backyard in front of my three chickens. It was there he got down on one knee and he asked me to be his wife. There was no flash mob, nothing you will see with a million hits on YouTube. There was no place on earth I could think of, he explained. That would mean more to me than to ask you in front of all of your animals. He Mm -hmm. was right it was perfect. Oh, to be known and to be loved. And mm. so that brings me to last Saturday. My friend Tricia and I happened to be out for our weekly ladies run. I have something for you, she said. There amidst a bridey gift bag with lots of tissue paper was, you might have guessed, my very own Charleston rice spoon. Mm. It turns out she's had it for me since that trip four years ago. Mm. I can't stop looking at that spoon and smiling. Mm -hmm. Smiling for seemingly impossible dreams that do come true. Smiling for friends that hold space and believe in my wishes long before I dare to. And, of course, smiling for the always perfect servings of rice I will dish up in the home I will soon share with my Mr. Summerfest.
1: Darren, that's beautiful. Really beautiful. Thank you. Very touching and very beautiful.
2: Wow. Wonderful story. Thank you. The punchline is... My husband doesn't eat rice. I come to find out after we (laughs) started living together. That's a beautiful
1: story. All right, we're going to take a break. And let's just, we have another minute. So tell people again how they can find out more about your book, about your work, about your life, and
2: your website. So the book is Hope Possible. You can find it on Amazon.com in print or ebook form. My website, which is my home, you can find darrenkagan.com. If you just Google Darren, D-A-R-Y-N, it will take you there. You'll see the daily stories I post, uplifting and positive stories. Every story fits the theme, show the world what's possible. And you can contact me through my website. Um, you can find all my social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. You know, It's all in my digital home, and I would love to hear from folks
1: all right terrific and when we come back we'll have another segment with darren we'll talk more about her take on parenting you're listening to the patricia raskin show my guest for the whole hour is darren kagan she is a former cnn news anchor she's traveled the world and her new book is called hope possible and it's a very inspirational book stay tuned folks we'll be right back
4: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
3: Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us.
4: On the morning of August 5th, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Good Night, Marilyn Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show.
1: Welcome back. My guest for the whole hour is Darren Kagan and she is the author of Hope Possible. She is a former CNN news anchor. She's traveled the world. And she, when her network chose not to renew her contract after 12 years, she found herself without any of the dreams that she had carried for years. No job, not married, didn't have children. All that has changed, and she has created a wonderful, wonderful life. She has a television program, the host of RLTV's Bookmark, and she also has a syndicated newspaper column, and she's the creator and host of DarrenKagan.com, an inspirational online website which features stories fitting the theme, show the world what is possible. Okay. And what I want to talk about next, Darren, is mm-hmm. parenting because you were a par- You became a parent later in life. Yes. So, but wait a minute. I have to ask you this. What's yes. this three-legged
2: cat? What's a three-legged cat? A- Three le- well this well this is my third three legged cat. <laughs> so it's a cat, right? So they I think they eventually at one point had four legs, but for some reason by the time they find me they only have three. So probably um the cat at some point had an accident and the leg was amputated. Okay. However, I've now had this cat five years and she has yet to tell me where the other leg went, so I don't know her whole story. I just
1: <laughs> She
2: showed up that way. She's not asking questions and I'm not asking enough questions. Um, so this cat's missing her back right leg. Um, mm. And the truth is, they do, they do just fine. Um, great. She, yeah, she even dragged a frog in the house the other day. So, um, wow. Yeah, she's, she's How doing interesting. fine
1: Great. All right, let's talk about yes. parenting. You have a great yeah. story I'd love you to read, too. It's called 14 Wishes for My Daughter on Her 16th Birthday. Looks like a beautiful story, unless you have a different one. But either start with the story or just tell us your take on parenting.
2: Well, so for those joining us late, I came to parenting in a very unusual way. I met a single dad who was raising his young daughter by himself after his first wife passed away. So she was eight years old when her first mom passed away. She was 11 when we met and then 13 when my husband and I got married and then we completed the adoption. So um, I like to say I jumped on the moving sidewalk. Um, but interestingly, like, you know, if I had had kids in my mid-30s when most of my friends did, this is exactly, I'm, I'm right there with my friends. I just started late. <laughs> um, and then we have one other. I had signed up to be a big sister in the Big Brother Big Sister program, and she now lives with us full time, um, which got us kicked out of the program. But, oh, well. <laughs> um, so one's in 10th grade and one's in 11th grade. And um, if you don't mind, can I um, share a different one? Because we're coming sure. up on Mother's Day. Oh, sure. Um, so That's um, coming up. that is coming up. Yeah. And um, this is the um, column that I wrote on my first Mother's Day. And I think I'm about to have my third or fourth. Um, and this one, let me get to there. Um This one is called Thinking of Someone Special on My First Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about her every day. We are forever linked through one of the greatest joys of my life, and I'll never be able to tell her. That's what I find myself thinking about on this, my first Mother's Day as a mother. I'll never be able to say thank you to the woman who started the job that I'm blessed to continue. She is my daughter's other mother. I've shared here in this column how I recently come to motherhood in a rather unconventional way. There are no step, half, kinda, or other qualifiers in our home. I am a full-fledged, lunch-making, laundry-folding, carpool-driving, full-time mother, though as I like to joke about the drudgery, the truth is, being a mom is a lifetime wish I'd long ago let go of coming true. And yet, I never forget the bittersweet twist for my daughter's first mother. Her loss, the loss of her young life, ends up being my gain. I'm clear that I'm not here to replace her. Rather, this motherhood journey is one we will forever share. I watch old family movies and videos and see my daughter learning to walk, lunging into her mother's arms. I hear them giggling when she calls dinner chicken stube instead of chicken stew, when she pats her mother's throbbing head saying, Mommy has a hairache. If I can meet my daughter's other mother, I would share that when my husband tells our girl that she has a trait and you get that from Mommy or that's just like Mom, she lights up with pride. We all know who he's talking about, and it's not me. And I'm fine with this. My motherhood bucket already overflows with so much more than I ever thought I'd get to experience. I'm now the one to tuck her in at night, to talk about boys, to shop for her dress for the upcoming end-of-school-year dance, that she and I cuddling on the couch as we watch American Idol. That was my lap she was sitting on a few weeks ago when I let her steer the car down our quiet street. You're definitely going to be the one to teach me to drive, she announced, assessing who will be calmer, me or her father. Those are the joys that I get to have instead of her mom who left too soon. My school bus driver thinks I look more like you than like daddy she beamed one day recently, seeming to relish the connection between us. We got a, good big, a big giggle out of that one, especially because we truly look nothing alike. I'm tall and have a dark complexion. She's short and has skin and as light and pure as a porcelain doll, <clears throat> Excuse me, with blue eyes that someone recently told her look like two deep swimming pools. The truth is, the one she looks like the most right now is her grandfather, her pops, her other mother's father. As she grows, she's looking more and more like the beautiful young woman I see in the photo that hangs in her bedroom. It was the first photo I hung when we all moved in together last summer. I like to have pictures of people I love hanging in my home, I explained to my new daughter. And even though I never got to meet your mom, she's one of my best friends, simply because she made you. I'm thinking about the seven Mother's Days that my daughter's first mother was able to have, realizing on this, my first, none is promised to us. Were I able to send her a card, I would write, Thank you for sharing this incredible journey with me. Together, we are raising one awesome girl.
1: Beautiful, Darren.
2: Really beautiful. Thank Again, you.
1: Just beautiful. Very touching, very beautiful. Wonderful. So, so glad you shared that. Thank you. Mm. Beautiful. What would you say? I, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. I, I, I want to ask you about your other book, which your other book is when you shared stories of very, very mm-hmm. inspirational people. It was called What's Possible? 52 Stories of People Who Dared to Dream They Could Make a Difference. Yeah. What would you say all of those people had in common? If you were to boil it all down, did they all have something in common? And if so, what was it?
2: I would boil it down to each of those people had something happen to them that they would have never picked, and they, at some point, made a choice that they were going to do something with it, and it's what I like to call an inside-out story.
1: They mm. took the thing
2: they would never pick and turned it inside-out to something truly magnificent, mm. and that's the power. Not what happens, but what you do with it.
1: Oh, that's very beautiful. Thank really you. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. Learn All right, we're going to have process. to close, Darren. So wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. The book is Hope Possible, Darren Kagan, darrenkagan.com. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com. Until next time, have a great week.